You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast, presented by Pat's Pulpit. All right, welcome to another edition of the Patriot Nation podcast. Thank you to Steve Jakes again for that great intro. Appreciate you, Steve. And uh, we're here, man. It, listen, the Patriots saved their season in New Jersey. I have a viral TikTok going. It's, it's <laughs> Things are good. Things are good this week. Yeah, I, I just noticed when we put this banner up here for the game that it's that damn Colts tie mm-hmm. that is making it go to two lines, making it look really weird. <laughs> For anybody who's watched the video, you'll see what I see what we're talking about. It's that Broncos game, man. Yeah. That's just what what an absolute disaster that game was. Yeah. Which oh, what is that the one the Colts tied or no, no, the Colts won that one. No, wasn't it the Jack was it the Jags game, wasn't it? I think so. That both of the Colts and the Broncos seem like the football embodiment of a tie game this year. So, That's true. Well, yeah. but the the Jags are pretty damn terrible too. So I, you know, I'm almost positive the Jags, they got I their two was... wins. They got their allotted two wins for the season out early, and now they can just focus on what they do best. Which that's is a great cool. point. That's a great point. Wasn't it the first week? Was it the first week of the season? I think they won the. First, I think they won two of the first. Three oh games. no! It was it was the first week of the season, but it was the Colts Texans tied twenty to twenty. Oh yeah, and the overtime was like a complete disaster of like people not being able to move the ball. It was just it was embarrassing. Yeah, so sounds about right for the Colts this year. I mean, the Colts. Listen, the Colts have beat the Chiefs. Somehow, the Colts have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know how that's possible, but it's happened. Yeah. This is a weird Colts team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a bizarre, it's a really bizarre game. I don't, you know, Sam Ellinger's a starting quarterback, right? They got rid of Matt Ryan. So you're sitting there saying, okay, well, you know, how good can the Colts really be with Sam Ellinger a quarterback? But then the question is, well, like, is he that bad? We don't know. You know, we don't know. Can he be that much worse than Matt Ryan, who was just an absolute dumpster fire back there? And the offensive line can't block for him. And so Matt Ryan yeah. couldn't move. It just, it just, it didn't, none of it worked. Is it just me, or does it feel like Matt Ryan like semi-retired during the season? Like the fact that they immediately announced Ellinger's the guy for the rest of the year. Ryan's not Matt Ryan's not dressing anymore, and he feels like he's. They're just like, all right, we'll give you your money. You can stay on the bench and be the the moral leader for this team and be a captain and all that. But you're just you don't have it anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you really kind of think that that's got to be something because like they come out. They say that he has a shoulder injury and he's going to miss some time. And they say, yeah, he's not playing the rest of the year. And him and Sam Allinger being the starter quarterback has nothing to do with the injury. And it's like, oh, okay. Like you didn't have to do, you didn't have to do that, no, you know, but like adding insult to injury, right? There. Yeah. And, and so I think, wonder if this is Matt Ryan's decision a little bit. Right. Right. It might be yeah. to be like, dude, I'm not getting killed back here. Like this yeah. is stupid. Hey. Yeah, it also you can never you can never rule out incompetence when it's the Colts. So very true. It's a good point. That's a very yeah. good point. So, and they're just I mean they've they've tried to sell this this lie that they're one quarterback away for the last three years, and they're just simply not. I know they made the playoffs with with Philip Rivers, but that team stunk. Like the team wasn't it's also, good. It's also turns out finding a quarterback not easy. Yeah, well, especially when you're trying to you know get you thirty have- plus year old also Rams. When when you have to pick one 
when you don't have the first overall pick in the draft. Right. Well, I also think too, like Indy to me is just so stupid because why would you ever give up a first round pick for Carson Wentz? Yeah, Carson that... Wentz. And like last year, I mean, the, just you talk about the horrible mismanagement of it. I understand. I get it. But last year, Carson Wentz was hurt to start the season. You could have started the year without playing him. Then when games were getting out of hand or when you were down by two or three scores, you could have pulled him so that his snap count would have been lower than what, you know, and and you wouldn't have hit that threshold, right? And it's like, you know, you had the opportunity to do that. You could have said, Carson, we love you. You're sitting out three weeks until you're healthy. Period. Boom. You start the season already. You got three weeks in the bag. You're looking at it saying all you got to do is, you know, you got to miss the equivalent of like one or two more games and we're good. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, instead of doing that, you played them all the way through and you lost a first round pick for it. And it's like, you lost the top 20 pick. What the hell are you doing? You know, yeah, and look and at what the Eagles drafted with that. Yeah. And it's like, not only that, like you can't even argue that Carson Wentz was a disappointment. Like you knew exactly what you were signing up for. You no, got the exact same player. He's always been. And same for Washington. Carson Wentz, at this point, he just is Carson Wentz. Apart yes. from that one really, really good year he's had, and I think 2019, he was decent too. Like, decent? Yeah. Apart from that, it has been just very, like, mediocre with flashes of good. <laughs> just, a, just a, yeah, just a complete disaster, right? A complete disaster. And And so what it was is that you traded the 16th overall pick the 16th overall pick for Carson Wentz. I mean, that is just, that's embarrassing mismanagement, embarrassing mismanagement. And the Colts, uh, sorry, the Eagles, I think traded back with the saints, I believe. So they traded back with the saints and they picked up, uh, is that that what they got Jordan Davis? Yes, I I believe so. And then they have a pick. They have the, the saints pick next year as part of that. Yeah, it was a complete, like, oh, they got, I'm sorry, they got, so it looks like they traded eight, Saints traded 18, 101, and, yeah, dude. The, that was the Chris Olave trade. And it was the, the one, no, it wasn't. It was the one, um, crap, it was, it was, I'll just read it to you. 2020 first, uh, first round pick, so 18, 101. 237, 2023 first round pick, 2024 second round pick for 16 and 19 and a sixth round pick. Because remember now, the Eagles traded 19 as well to the Saints. Yeah. Okay. So they did that, and then the Saints moved up and took uh, Olave. Yeah. They moved up with the, um, what's it called, with the with the uh, commanders and took Olave at 11. So, like, yeah. it's just, but again, you have number 16 overall. Number 16. Like, and the what cra- the hell are you doing? And, and the crazy part is the result of all this is Philly has New Orleans pick next year that's like number eight. Right. Right now. Right. So. Yeah. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's just outlandish. Yeah. So you look at Philly, who's like undefeated still. And, you know, now they have a first round pick from a terrible team. And it's just, that's the type like, of stuff like where. It's like the Pats you know, having that top pick in 08 and they're able to go draft right. Gerard Mayo. Right. Yeah. Or look at, I mean, now Houston stinks, but like. Houston now gets the first round pick from from Denver or from uh no Houston gets the first round pick from Cleveland who stinks right now 
Seattle gets the first round pick from Denver, who stinks. So it's like all these teams are getting good first round picks for bad quarterbacks, essentially. And it's just, it's great. Well, I mean, Sean Watson's not a bad quarterback. He's a bad person, but he's not a bad quarterback, I guess. So, well, let's see. It's, yeah. He's going to have to knock some rust off. That's a good point. That's a good point. Plenty, so, plenty of opportunity for him to be just as bad of a quarterback as he is a person. That's a great point. That's a great point. So, uh, yeah, I see dark blue gold asking me about the decorations in my room. Yes. Comments. I assume you're talking about that up there. Yep. I've noticed that, is, that before. I just didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, the picture that is directly behind me of Gillette Stadium used to be up there. And that tape can't hold it. As I found out, thankfully, not in the middle of the night with it landing <laughs> on my head. So, uh, yeah, that has been removed. The, the tape, although it won't stick to the picture, does stick to the wall very well and is hard to take off. So that is stuck there for the moment. Well, there you go. There you go. Can't <laughs> That's ruin the, the story wall. of the tape on the wall. There you go. Yeah. Good story. <laughs> so, uh, listen, I mean, there's not a ton to preview with the Colts here. Obviously, the Colts run the ball well. They they obviously run the ball well, right? Well, they we know should. Jonathan Taylor. Well, we don't know if we're getting Jonathan Taylor. He was he was out at practice today point. on, on Wednesday. I think he'll I think he'll play. Well, he played last week, so you'd have to assume that he's, he's going to play try. this week. Well, and they traded Naheem, Naheem Hines, so they're going to be down. Again, they're going to have some work to do with the running back situation. Yeah, and they they haven't been as good at throwing the ball as you would expect from a Colts team. They've only hit the hundred yard mark rushing three times this year, and one of those came in Week One against the Houston Texans. So. I don't know if that counts as a real opponent. They got held to 45 yards against Jacksonville the second time, only 38 yards on the ground against the Titans. Even though they have Jonathan Taylor, they've not been able to move the ball on the ground. They've had some issues. Yeah, they're just not very good, right? And and as Dark Google pointed out, they they meant, you know, they benched Matt Ryan. And you would think their line should be good, right? They've invested in the line. They have Quentin Nelson, who's a great player, but like they just don't. And Ryan Kelly is Ryan Kelly hurt or is he just stink now? Like I'm, I'm confused. Um, I, it's bizarre. Is, no, he's at full health apparently. Right. So, so it's just, it's just strange. Like they just haven't. The line has just played terrible this year, and so the tackle spots for them, I think, have been rough. Yeah, yeah. And so you it. know, that's a that's a team you're going to have to exploit. And their defense is fine. They're fine. They have some good players. They have a good front. You know, they have some some disruptive guys. They have a very good nose tackle. They have DeForest Bunker who can get after the quarterback from the defensive line position. And, of course, they have Shaq, um, uh, Leonard. Shaq Leonard. Thank you. Shaq Leonard, who, you know, is one of the best linebackers in the league. Used to be Darius Leonard, for those of you that don't remember. Yeah. He, uh, he asked people to call him Shaq. Um, Interesting story year, there. So. With that, too, if I'm remembering this correctly, he's actually always gone by Shaq. Darius is his legal name, but Shaq is his middle name, what he's always been called. And when he got to the NFL, people just called him Darius because it was his first name. And as, I think, a fifth-round pick or whatever it was, he was too intimidated to tell people, to correct people, and didn't do it until this year. I I actually think, isn't Shaq his first name and Darius is his middle name? It's it's one or the other. You know, I'm now, pretty now sure because I heard it. I'm like, wait a second. How could Shaq the hell be like that? His first name and no one called him that. I'm I'm fairly certain, and I might be wrong, but I'm fairly certain that his that Shaq his is legal his... name is Darius Shaquille Leonard. Oh, okay. So Shaq is his middle name. Okay. Yeah. So I couldn't remember, called, but they just called him by the legal name what it said on the paper, and right, they didn't want right. to upset anybody and rock the boat and correct them. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, I mean, he's a, he's, he's a hell of a player. So, you know, you, they have some players on that team, but you know, the Patriots typically, if you, if you're playing against a team that isn't very good, but has good players, they usually find ways to neutralize those players. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Michael Pittman is, is a fantastic wide receiver. I mean, he'll probably catch some passes, but Sam Allinger stinks. So like, can he get him the ball? You know, how, what will it look like coverage wise for them? Paris Campbell's done some things for them in the last few weeks. I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, to see them throw an extra guy or two at Paris Campbell because he's really kind of been their spark bug the last few weeks, um, catching some passes and, 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 uh, you know, making plays after the catch as well. So, you know, it is interesting. And Alec Pierce, we get a chance to look at one of these guys who we got a chance to look at. Well, Pickens, I think might have been hurt at the time, or maybe he just didn't play. Uh, in, in that in that Steelers game in week two, we get a chance to look at another guy who was drafted in the fifties right after Tyquan Thornton uh, and Alec Pierce. So interesting, uh, interesting look at at a guy that I think he's played pretty well so far this year, and he's had yeah. he's had moments where he looked dominant even. Yeah, he's decent. I think that the interesting thing with these receivers is that Pierce and Pittman are both big guys with yeah. really long frames. And that the, the Patriots don't have a corner like that. Well, that they do. His name is Jawan Williams, and he's writing IR right now. Um, they don't have a real corner who has that size to match up. Jalen Mills is kind of there. Jack Jones a little bit. He's just not that physical of a guy. Not at least at the catch point. Not he's not a press guy. Right. So how they decide to match that up will be interesting. The size doesn't matter as much either. If if you're able to cover the guy well, it doesn't really matter how much bigger than you he is. Right. We saw that Miles Bryant ended up on Chase Claypool when the Patriots played the Steelers, and he didn't really have an issue with it. Apart from a couple times, he was quicker than Claypool, so Claypool wasn't able to get open that much, and he'll make a couple catches, so. Yeah. Now that it's the two receivers and it's going to be outside guys, I'm curious to see how they actually handle that. Um, I also yeah. think in the Jets game, now that everybody's healthy, Jack Jones is back to be in that third third outside corner, but he rotates and he plays a lot. They keep everybody fresh. I want to see what that rotation looks like this week. because he might be a better matchup than Jonathan Jones, depending on how you want to it's do true. it. Yeah, no, it's very true. It's a good point, you know. So uh, maybe that Claypool footage was the reason that uh, that the Bears gave up a second-round <laughs> pick for him. So dumb. So they dumb. went out and I, got a second better Nikhil Harry. <laughs> it just doesn't make it. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like they got, they have like craptastic Nikhil Harry and like, you know, a little bit better Nikhil Harry. Like wh- I don't, it makes no they sense. They got, if you want to do a QB running offense where everybody's big and can block, the Bears have that now. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, speaking, <laughs> that's a great segue by you. Uh, because speaking of QB running offenses, Bill Belichick talked about it in his press conference today, but Sam Ellinger has added a little bit of a layer of being able to run uh, that the Colts did not have with Matt Ryan. And it's something that we saw the Patriots against the Bears and against the Ravens really struggle to stop. And so you would think, I don't know, but you would think if you have a quarterback that can move, as Sam Ellinger can, I mean, it's clearly not as dynamic as as Justin Fields or obviously Lamar Jackson is, but he can move, you don't mind running with him a little bit. And I think that that might be something that they might try against the Patriots just because they've struggled with it so much. And it's almost like, hey, maybe it won't work, but it might because the Patriots suck at stopping it. And so, like, even if it's not necessarily your, you know, quote-unquote offense, Maybe it's it's at least worth a shot to try it out and see what happens. 
Yeah, Ellinger, I just looked this up. He ran for almost 2,000 yards in college, too. I yeah. didn't realize that. Yeah, he's he's at least fine as a runner, which right. I don't know if you can rely. Like he's, he's not Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields. But where this gets difficult is if the Patriots' defense doesn't play well on first and second down, and now you're in third and one, now you can bring out the QB draw or a read option play right. or something else where mm-hmm. you can get easy first downs. Or you're able to take a, you get a sack on first down. Well, second down, you got to run and picking up half the distance, making third easier. Just adds another element. I don't think Sam Ellinger is going to beat you on the ground by himself. But if you let him, he will. And that's the key. And I think if they're emphasizing it, um, I I think you're probably going to see them try to take that away. I think you could probably take some of the game plan from Zach Wilson, although Wilson likes to go horizontally, and I don't think Sam Ellinger is going to try to do that as much. So you'll have to contain, but you'll actually have to play quickly and tackle in a way you didn't have to last week and in a way that they've kind of had some issues with this year. Yeah, that's a good point. And and I do think, um, you know, we'll see. But I, I think especially with the unknown with Ellinger, like you don't know what he's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And so you almost look at it and say, well, can we trust him? to be our starting quarterback and we trust him to, to sit back in the pocket and throw, or, you know, do we kind of say, you know what, well, let's see what he can do running the ball. Right. And, uh, and again, like you say, if, if you can have some success and early downs, it allows you to be more aggressive. And really, I think second down is really the spot you can be more aggressive with it because if you pick up five yards on first down, five or six yards on first down, you can call a play that you're not sure about on second down because even if you face with third and five, it's not as bad as third and 10 if you don't pick up any yards on first down. So I think first down, and obviously second down is important too, but I think first down is kind of that will give you that wiggle room to call some of those plays that you're not necessarily sure about on second down, see if you can make something happen, you know? Yeah, I think it's also key on fourth down. Like Mm -hmm. any any short yardage situation, If they feel like, hey, we got an advantage in some of these plays, then if you're if it's a four down offense, that's harder to stop. <laughs> you just got to stop more plays in a row, right? Uh, and that's where you can put stress. And it's you go back to the game last year where the Patriots really, really did not play well at Indianapolis. Well, the team got down twenty to nothing in the before the fourth quarter. Like it's just. The team could not get off the mat, and it was 14 nothing before the end of the first quarter. Obviously, part of that had to do with that special teams error and the blocked punt. Right. But if you get down at all and you're struggling at all early, that's where that quarterback run can kill you. Because if it's if you're down, you if you give up a turnover or something bad and it's 10 nothing or 14 nothing early, all of a sudden there's a lot more urgency in what you have to do, and the Colts can kill clock and try to make things shorter and not a situation you want to be in. I don't, again, I don't think Ellinger is good enough to beat the Patriots on his own right now. He's good enough to beat the Patriots. If they let him, if they don't execute, if they put themselves in bad situations and that's not just the defense, but the team as a whole. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, look, you know, we, we can, we can talk about it all we want, but at the end of the day, what it comes down to is if the Patriots don't shoot themselves in the foot, it's the same thing we talked about with the Jets. It might be a little bit of an ugly game, right? Muck it up a little bit, maybe. I think the Patriots are better than the Colts, so it's not quite the Jets game because I think the Patriots are a better team than the Colts are. I'm not 100% sure about the Patriots and the Jets, although, Jesus, Zach Wilson's terrible. But, um, you know, but but still, 
it's that same model, right? Don't screw it up. Don't give them the game. If you don't give them the game, then you should win this game. But if yeah. you play like crap defensively, like you did against against uh, um, Chicago, and if you can't move the ball and you make stupid you know penalties and turnovers on the offense, then you're going to lose. And it doesn't really matter who you lose against. You're going to lose. And so that's that's one of those things where it's like it sounds dumb, but it's just like play smart football and you should win. Yeah, because the thing is, the Patriots did not play smart football last week as a whole. They did some really, right. really good stuff. And we can, if you want, we can we can talk a little bit more about the Patriots and Jets, yeah. that game. But they did a lot of dumb stuff. And that was the one of the big reasons why that game ended up being as close as it was. Six penalties for 54 yards last week. Another fumble. This team has fumbled in seven out of eight games this year. Yeah. like That's the stuff that you just, you can't do. It's the, right. the really the sloppy stuff. And they had one of the plays that kind of stood out to me was after the Mac pick six, they got called back. Mm-hmm. The next play that they go to after that is an RPO. And all game long, if there were six men in the box for the Jets, it's four defensive linemen, two linebackers. That's it on the RPOs. They were handed it off saying, we just want to run it. And the Jets give them that light box again. Mac hands it off. Got like 15 yards. They got down to like the five yard line. Holding, Holding. penalty. Yep. And that's why they had to just, all right, we're just going to run it and kick the field goal because now it's, you're just in a really tough spot. Not a lot of time left on the clock. And like that's, if you were, if you're able to get six out of that possession or seven instead of three, yeah. you feel a lot better going into the half. And just the way that that, like, that game could have been so much better. The Patriots had a number of possessions inside Jets territory last week that didn't result in points. They should have they should have won that game by a lot more than they did, which is also insane considering the fact that they gave up six sacks. Well, and that's that's the other thing. And and you know, one of the things about Mac and and you know, you kind of walk away from that game wondering how good Mac is, right? But I think upon further review, you kind of see he played better than than it kind of looked like at first. And part of the reason is that the offensive line was so bad and he had guys in his face all day long and he's just trying to make plays out there, right? Like, what are you going to do? Like at a certain point, if you don't have protection, it doesn't really matter who you are. You can't sit back in the pocket and, and, you know, and throw and throw passes. Now, did he miss some throws? Absolutely. Absolutely. Missed some throws was the pick six, you know, that was, that was called back. One of the worst throws of, of the year, a hundred percent. It was a terrible throw, but, you know, he did better than what people thought, I think, originally, because I was like, man, I don't know. He's obviously fine, but they didn't win because of Mac Jones. Like, you know, but then you kind of look at it and you're like, okay, there was some plays. There were there was not, you know, there were more plays than we thought. And again, sometimes he had plays available, but he couldn't make the throws because, you know, someone is, was in his face or someone was here, someone was there. So that's the type of stuff for me that's like, man, you know, you have you have that opportunity. And like, I go back to even the Bears game on Monday Night Football when you had Tyquan Thornton down the sideline open for a touchdown. He's got him open. He beat his guy. And, you know, Trent Brown can't hold his block. If Trent Brown's able to hold his block for another second, that's a touchdown, right? And it looks completely different, you know? Yeah, and there were a couple plays like that last week. To to talk about the good, though, with Mac first, I think one of the things that really stood out was his – his ability to manipulate the offense and his ability to get guys lined up in the right spots to give them the best chance. 
because that line was awful. So there were a yep. lot of plays where you got six or seven guys in to protect, and you only got a couple guys that can run routes, and there's not a lot you can do in those situations. But he's moving guys around, getting them lined up in the right spots, audibling stuff, identifying blitzes, or actually not a lot of blitzes from the Jets just because they were getting there so effectively, but just getting people in the right spots to give them the best chance. Plays where, uh, He moved Henry around a lot as a blocker, who I thought did a pretty good job with yeah. that. Um, he used his legs really well. The thing is, if they're going to get there with four guys, but they they run past you at all, the Jets were playing a ton of zone coverage with guys just sitting back and getting deep. And there's 10 yards past the line of scrimmage before the first defender. Take the free yards. He was doing it. I loved that. Yeah. Um, there was the pick that he did throw, which was deflected. I think may have actually been a touchdown if it doesn't get deflected because they had borne on a double move right at the first down marker. And Mac pumps. Defender bites, safety comes down, and Bourne just explodes deep. He's got a full step on everybody. And if Max hand doesn't get hit as he's releasing, I don't know if the throw is accurate because it's a tough throw, but that's got a real shot of being a touchdown. Instead, right. you get no points out of the drive. Uh, there was a – I don't remember if it ended up being a sack or a, a throwaway from him in the third quarter, but there was one there where um, Tyquan Thornton, and I want to shout him out here too, you could see the impact every time that Tyquan Thornton was running deep. He was getting some kind of double coverage. It looked yeah. like that who the safety on his side was always deeper. The safety on his side was always looking Thornton's way. And there's one where Thornton runs a post and he takes two defenders with him. And it's called a Yankee concept. And Jacoby Meyer comes over from the other side into that empty space. And it is a touchdown. It's like a 30 yard touchdown. that's going to seal the game in the third quarter. Pressure gets there. And yeah. it was, it was, it was everybody but on Wenu. Everybody, yeah, I think yeah. Cole Strange had his worst game of the season by yeah, far, benched. yeah, for win. I mean, he was and he was bad, bad. Uh, he was like Ference, I think, did a better job than Cole Strange did. Well, and you wonder too, like, was part of that because James Ference was the center and not David Andrews? Like, I, you know, does he lose some of that? And not that that's an excuse, but does he lose some of that comfortability that he doesn't have? you know, David Andrews next to him, kind of helping him out, telling him what to do. You know, does he lose some of that? And he's got, and like, it doesn't matter if he does, like you got to deal with the kid, but like, yeah. you know, part of me wonders that cause he's been pretty solid all year long. Now he had the toughest matchup of his career so far. So like, fine, but still you want more than that. And the jets have some good guys on the inside. The Colts do as well on the defensive lines. So that'll be something to monitor as we look at this game. Uh, I also want to shout out Matt Patricia for just a couple of the designs I saw that I liked because yeah. the Jets kept dropping into zone coverages no matter what, sending everybody deep. So there were more than a couple of times where on third down, they were the Patriots were dumping off to the back and the receivers weren't running routes. They were just going down the field and blocking like it was almost a screen pass. That one to Ramondre, I think, in the first quarter, maybe the second one where they picked up the long third down. Yeah, they did that because. Henry and somebody else were, were downfield blocking or might've been, no, sorry. It was Jacoby Myers and Ramondre and Henry were downfield blocking. They're just waiting. It's entirely designed, but Trisha seeing what the jets are doing. They have an answer for it. I, I think had the offensive line played well last Sunday, the offense could have put up 30 points pretty easily. Yeah. And if it makes you feel better here, they scored 22 on the road against a good defense with that offensive line performance. The it's average true. point scored in a game this year was 21.9. So that is technically an above average offensive performance. Obviously, I mean, that's 
<laughs> there, obviously Point there's one. some issues. Yeah, it's <clears throat> but I mean it also it tells you where offense is in the NFL this year. It, right. it it's that difficult for everybody this year. It is no, that's true. I mean it's true. And I think that that's you know, I think ultimately you take the win, right? You take the win, you win. It's yeah. it's not easy to win in the league, and so it is what it is, right? But I just for me, um I um I don't know. It's not it's not good enough. It's not good enough. You no, know, and, and you need more from the offensive line. Of course, yeah. you know, but I think Mac too. Right. And I do think like I like the fact you gave Patricia some some love because Maddie P's getting killed. Um and it's like people just are upset. Like they'll oh he sucks and you know, I'm like, Well, he's doing about as good as McDaniels did. Well, he sucks too. And it's like, Well, wait a second, like you can't McDaniel, yeah. what do you mean? Like they won three Super Bowls. I mean, he was up like what that's you can at some yeah. point, like you just can't like they don't have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs out there playing. So like some of their yeah. plays don't look as good because they don't have the players, you know? Yeah, and it's the other thing is like I think they have a couple guys who can be decent deep threats for them, but the defense in the NFL this year is entirely built around stopping the deep throws that and is forcing correct. you to be incredibly consistent play over play over play and march down the field. They had three drives of more than sixty yards and more than ten plays on Sunday. That's gonna be how you have to win this year, especially when the running game is super inconsistent. The offensive line did not block well there either. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what the like, the ceiling on this team might be kind of low. if The offensive line keeps performing like this. But yeah. if it's able to put things together, the the skill position group on this offense is probably as good as it's been in a couple of years now. That's a good point. And Mac is Mac is at least decent. That's a good point. And Darbu Gold does make a good point about playing poorly and still winning is, is sort of a good thing. It is. It's true. And and by the way, yes, I did use your monitor to the giant quip. Dark blue gold, and I will continue <laughs> to use it because it's fantastic. And I'm upset I didn't think of it myself, but you're getting the credit for it. I mean, I may not be writing in the articles, but we all know that you're getting the credit for it. Anyone that listens yeah. to the show and reads my article knows that it came from dark blue gold, and that's where it's coming yeah. from. So, dark blue gold is the real one. It's true. But yeah, that's and it's, I don't know. I, I this team is still technically alive for a Super Bowl, so I'm going to talk in those terms. Championship teams are ones that can win games gritty and win ugly and this team did it against pittsburgh they did it against the jets if you look at the losses you got a loss with backup in a loss with the bears playing their best game of the season in a lot of ways bringing out some new stuff and just a really weird night a loss in miami where your team clearly was not ready to go and the, the only loss of this season where it seemed like the team was ready but the opponent was just better and made more plays was kind of the baltimore one the other right. three losses seem to be mostly self-inflicted in a lot of ways, which tells me if this team can get can get out of that stuff, stop killing themselves, then they're going to be in position to at least compete against good teams. Right. I don't know. Compete, yes. Well, and even the Baltimore game, you're down five with two drives. Devontae Parker doesn't run a route, and Mac Jones was a questionable pass into the back of the end zone. And then, you know, Nelson Aguilar has the ball inside the 30-yard line and fumbles. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, two – Two times you're there with a chance to take the lead late in the game and you blow both opportunities by turning the ball over. So, you know, like even a game like that where it's like, yeah, they didn't play great and they they weren't as good as the, as the Ravens were, they still had a chance to win at the end of the game. And so, yeah. um, you, uh, you know, you'll take that. Yeah. Obviously, the flip side of this is that we're eight games into the season and this team still has not played 
a lot of great games from start to finish. Even the ones that they won by a lot, I think, had uh, as much to do with the opponent as they had right. to do with what the Patriots were doing. Right. So, and, and we can talk big picture. They're going to have opportunities to prove themselves against real opponents once we hit Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a thing, and and that's why you know I think that these this stretch of games is so hugely important. You got the you got the Colts, which I mean, if you want to make the playoffs, you have to beat this team. This the Colts team stinks. Yeah. Ellinger is the quarterback now. It's like, come on, like the, you can't lose. They this fired the offensive coordinator this week, and like the it. crazy thing is the offensive coordinator is not even calling plays. Like Frank Wright's yeah. the one calling plays, and so they just fired him because it's like, well, we we can't fire the head coach yet, so we got to fire the offensive coordinator, and so they did. And like firing the offensive coordinator after you bench the starting quarterback one week after you bench the starting quarterback is like ridiculous. I mean, that's like come tells on. me head coach is trying to save his job with that move. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And so, okay, they they're they're in shambles over there. They're a complete yeah. disaster. And and then you get the Jets again, right? And so if you can beat the Jets again at home, now you're six and four, and you start out just an absolute gauntlet. Of of games, and if we can run down that list of of games, I mean, it is, it's man, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Vikings, Bills, Cardinals, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills again. Right. <laughs> a lot of those are on the road. Yeah, yeah. Vikings on the road Thursday night. Bills at home Thursday night. In Arizona Monday night. In Oakland Sunday night. So they have four straight uh, national games. Four straight night games, and then followed up by Christmas Eve at home against Cincinnati, uh, New Year's Day at home against the Dolphins, and then in Buffalo the last end of the the, the last game of the season. So it just—I mean—you're talking about a team that even if you win the next two games, we were talking about beforehand, you got to kind of chalk up those Bills games as losses. Like you, you're probably going to lose those ones, mm-hmm. and so. Out of the other games other than the Bills, that means the Dolphins at home, the Bengals at home, away against the Raiders, away against the Cardinals, and away against the Vikings, you have to win four of those five games, even if you win both of those games the next two weeks. So it's a lot. That's that's hard to do to win four of those five games. Now, can you do it? I think they might be able to, but you're going to have to play a heck of a lot better than you did, you know. Build. Than, than you have, really, to be honest with you. You're going to have to play a lot better than you have really all season long because even the Lions game, yeah, you went 29 nothing, but you didn't dominate the Lions like like it would appear in a 29 to nothing no. game. They Look out- at the yardages on like that game. 200 yeah. yards or something like that, you know? So, yeah, not great. And it's I'm looking at just some of the, the metrics right now, and it's you got the Colts, the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Cardinals, and the Raiders are all in this quadrant defensively where they're they're good against the run, bad against the pass. So that's a grouping where it's like, all right, Mac Jones, this is right. next six weeks, This and especially with the bye week in there, this isn't the end-all, be-all. But all right, you've had your back for the injury, you're recovered, mm-hmm. you've had enough time to kind of relearn the offense, resettle in. As long as the line can block, there aren't excuses. This is the time where you put it all together. You don't have to be the guy, but you have to be you have to prove you're a guy. And this is this is the right. stretch where you do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so we'll see. We'll see if you can. That's that's going to determine whether they can get there or not, right? That's going to determine yeah. whether they can get there or not. And that's and that's the other part of it. Now, Damian Harris didn't practice again on Wednesday. Uh, today on Wednesday, we'll see if he's able to go on on Sunday. You kind of think that he would be able to since he's played the last he played last week. 
but you know, and, and how much, what percentage is he at? Is he really healthy? You know? And so with how good Ramondre is too, it's, you can afford to sit Harris to rest him. You can also afford to give him a small share of snaps and let him do a little bit. But Ramondre and Damian Harris were both really, really good as runners too. And that's, I mean, they had guys in their face all day and they're making guys miss breaking tackles and, I think Andrew Callahan put out that stat that was something like the Patriots had 81 yards of rushing after contact and 71 total yards of rushing from those two or something like that. Like it was just, yeah, just picking up so many yards after what they should have gotten. Right. Well, and that's, and that's part of the thing is that you look at it and think, you know, what's funny about the Ramondre situation is that Ramondre's playing his ass off right now. He's looking unbelievable. But Damian Harris, he's on the field, is a really good running back too, right? So you have two legitimately good running backs. Now, Ramondre is a better receiver than Damian Harris is, no doubt about it. He's been great out of the backfield. He's been great catching the ball. He's explosive after the run, uh, after the catch, I'm sorry. But, like, Harris is is not like when you put Harris in, there's a, there's a precipitous drop from, you know, from Stevenson to him. He's still a really good runner and really good a really good running back. And so – you know, to have both of those guys in the roster and both playing well, the Patriots really, you know, have a luxury with those two guys right now. They do. And it's for all the hype Ramondre gets out of the backfield as a passing back. Damien's able to do some of it, too. He and Mac have mostly yeah. had really good chemistry on dump offs and stuff, especially early in the season. Damien showed some really good wiggle after the catch at able to find some some holes and make some plays happen. And I think I mean, he's, he's good. Both of these players are good. And that's the thing with the, the skill position guys as a whole. Myers is a really good route runner. He gets open. Devonte Parker. All we didn't talk about that. He went out on the first play last week. Yep. So that we can talk trade deadline, but that is probably a factor in why they're not going to move one of these receivers because think, yeah. you want the depth angle and Bourne are decent. So he, if Parker is going to be hurt, you need him. But all five of these receivers you can put on the field and not really have to worry. Aguilar obviously has his issues, but we saw Tyquan Thornton drop an easy pass on Sunday. And it's none of these guys are perfect, but none of them are really that bad. And the tight ends are fine too. This is, at, I think, at worst, an average group of skill guys. And that's a huge improvement from what we've seen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if they can start getting Tyquan open on some of those crossing routes, I think that that's going to make a huge difference. And it's funny. You see what you see what Miami's doing. And Miami is just literally just like, we're just going to give the ball to our best players on every single play. Tyreek Hill's on pace for like 972 receptions this year. It's ridiculous. They're just throwing it to him on every single play because they're and best some, player. So why not? And, you know, and somehow the however many points I got from Tyreek in fantasy on Sunday was not <laughs> enough to beat you. Terry, uh, Pat and I are in a dynasty league together. I scored 176 points this week and lost. Yep. Uh, 179. Nobody did. Listen, I mean, it helps when you have Tyreek and I have Tua. It, it helps. So I, I think I had something like 560 points across three leagues this week. And I went 0 and 3. So that tells you where I'm at in fantasy football. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just hard. Devastating. Just absolutely devastating. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we had that was a heck of a matchup. That we had, <laughs> a heck of a matchup that we had. Yeah, if you check my Twitter, um, I, I posted the the screenshot of that one. If anybody is curious, and the the craziest part about that is that Jonathan Taylor is my number one running back. He scored five and a half points, and so like you know, and 
and I just had ETN and AJ Brown and Pitts and Goddard. And, you know, it's like yeah. everyone outside of the only guys that scored over 20, Tua scored 31, ETN scored 25, and AJ Brown scored 28. And outside of that, no one else scored over 20 points, but nobody scored under the 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 lowest scoring player outswall other than Jonathan Taylor was Tyler Bass who scored 10. Everyone scored 11 and a half or more. So that's one of those things where like when you get all your players playing well, you don't necessarily have to have one of those 50 point games or 40 point games from from players to to have a chance to compete, you know? So that analogy works for real football too. If you're able to That's also true. Out, which, that's also true. It's a great point. Yeah. But I think, you know? I, think I, th- I do think one thing I've noticed with Mac and I think was interesting on Sunday, Jacoby and Ramondre combined for 20 of his 32 targets in the passing game. And Myers had, he got thrown to 12 times. It really yeah. seems like Mac locks in, locks in with him at points, which makes sense when you're getting bum rushed by the defense every single yeah. play and their pass rush is getting home, you're just, you're going to look for the safety route. Um, and it worked on, there was a play on a corner blitz where you found Myers and it was mostly really good stuff there, but something to watch. I think you want to see Max spread the ball around a little bit more. And he played well against the Ravens. It's because you got breakout performances from other guys. Heck that Steelers game, Aguilar making a big catch. You want to see yeah. them spread the ball out just a little bit more. And, you want to see Mac have that comfortability with all the guys. I think he's still picking it up with Taekwon Thornton. I don't think they're on the same page yet. They're showing it. Yeah, they're getting there. But. Right. And I also think too, that part of the problem is that when you, and you mentioned it, when you, when you don't have any time, when you're constantly got guys in your face, you're going to those guys that you can rely on. Mm-hmm. And who can you rely on? You can rely on Jacoby Myers. You know Myers is going to be open. He's one of the best guys at creating separation in the league. You know he's going to be open. You know he's going to be reliable. You know he's going to catch the ball, and he's, going to, and he's going to be in the spot where you want him to be. And so you're going to throw it to him. Now, he got carried away on that pick six that wasn't because he thought, I, and I don't know what the hell he was thinking there because the, yeah. the corner outside leverage on the play, and he threw it outside anyways, made no sense what he was thinking yeah. there. I've I've looked at that a million times, and it's tough. It's it's clearly an option route from Myers, and Mac and Jacoby are not on the same page about what's going on. Right. What I think might have happened is, like, based on the way that looked before the snap, it looked like the Jets were bringing a blitz, and it was the safety who was covering Myers. And I think Mac was looking at the safety the whole time, and if it's the safety, it's man coverage, which means he's going to break outside, and Mac's going to throw the out. And he just never saw the linebacker, which meant that it was zone. I think it was a quarter, quarter, half of the two quarters on that side. So the guy dropped underneath. And if it's zone and the receiver runs the curl or whatever, the stop. Right. I think that's what happened, which is still it's an explanation. It's not a justification. Mac needs to you need to see that correctly. Right. And that's I think that's the biggest issue with Mac is like even. You can have a lot of turnovers as a quarterback and still be successful, at least to a degree. You can kind of throw a pick a game and still make things work, but his picks are coming on like in breaking rounds or stuff over the middle or plays where the defense has been able to make a play on it. Right. Not a lot of them have come on like arm punts or deep stuff where it doesn't matter that much. It's annoying, right. but you can recover from it. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, partly the style of game Mac plays partly the style of defense partly the partly the offensive line and people knowing that you can sit on the underneath stuff there's a lot of factors there yeah 
what now with that being said, there is no quarterback controversy. Do not call for Billy no. Zappi still. I swear to God, if on Sunday people are chanting for <laughs> Billy Zappi, I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind. I just yeah. it just becomes it it becomes maddening because it's unnecessary. Number one, Mac is Mac had a high ankle high ankle sprain. He missed zero weeks of practice. Zero weeks of practice. He was on the practice field less than a week after a high ankle sprain, gutting it out, toughing it out. He's been taking a ton of punishment all year long from his offensive line that stinks Mm -hmm. and has played pretty crappy all year long. And yeah, he's made some bad mistakes. He absolutely has. But the guy's out there battling. He's a warrior out there. And that's that's all you can really ask for. He's you know, he's 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 getting you know, he's getting yards with his with his feet as well, which is great, which you love to see from a guy that you don't really expect that from him, but he's been doing it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just leaves it all out there. And he's a guy that I just feel like I feel like you look at him and you're like, I love the way he plays. I love the energy and passion that he brings. And we need to have more. We need to give him a little bit more rope. I get it. I understand. It's fun to, you know, to think that Bailey Zappi could be amazing. But like he is limited. He looked really bad at the end of that Bears game really yeah. bad at the end of that bears game. Like that's the type of player he is. He had like 12 balls batted. Not, not actually 12. Yeah. So hello, hyper hyperbolic, but still felt like it. He, right. And so he had a yeah. ton of balls batted at the line of scrimmage because he's short and he hasn't learned to deal with that shortness yet. As drew Brees did, who still had a decent amount of balls batted down, but not nearly as many as he had at the beginning of his career. Cause he learned to deal with that. And I just think like, you know, we're just, we're at the point right now where you have to give Mac Jones and look, Maybe Mac's not the guy. I don't know. But you have Nobody to at least it. right. You have to at least figure it out. Um, yeah. and that's that's the thing. And I, I just I can't I just can't deal with it. So yeah, that's the I, stuff for me. And Dark Blue Gold says that the people who booed Mac and Chanted for Zappy are the same kind of people who think that they can abuse staff at stores, and he's one thousand percent correct. Those are the worst people in the world. And the, the, you know, yeah. frankly, that that was you. If you were booing Mac after a three and out when him going one and one on the first drive of the series, you're a terrible person. There's just, there's oh, nothing yeah. to it. You're the, a terrible the, person. Those are the same people that were like, that always said we needed a, a different kicker when Guskowski was here or yeah. said the Bruins needed to move on from Tuka Rask. Like same, same group there. By the way, <laughs> if Mac Jones goes out and plays well against the Colts and they win and plays well against the Jets and they win, nobody is going to admit to doing that. Nobody. No, nobody. You could you could get all sixty eight thousand people <laughs> that were in the stadium that Monday night, and none of them will admit to to booing back that. after the first. Yeah. Oh, I, I I wasn't doing it. I I was just as mad as everyone else. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I think uh, one of the things that I noticed, and some of the buddies, I was at the game on Sunday. Just the, some of my buddies were were looking at too, watching Mac on the sidelines the last game too. That leadership becomes really apparent, and why these guys like him, and why right. why I think Myers was upset at the at the treatment during the Bears game. Uh, and he's he's just getting into it with guys yelling and screaming, and it seems like mostly in a positive way. Yeah, um, but also not afraid to call people out and say, "Hey, I need you to do that." Right. Um, and it's pretty clear he, he has very high expectations of himself. That is almost my biggest worry with him is that his expectations are so high and he puts so much pressure on himself that he misses the little stuff because he's trying way too hard to do everything. Uh, yeah. He's done everything well, he's put his body out there. Uh, one of the plays I actually really, really enjoyed from this game was they get you get backed up again because of an offensive line penalty. You get a hold on a nice first down run, get backed up. 
and Mac drops back immediately under pressure, avoids the sack, gets out of two tacklers, breaks free, has like a 12-yard run on the play, and takes a shot going out of bounds. Which, right, first yeah. of all, just taking that was like, that's impressive. So just put your body out there and do all that. And then the Jets guys kind of standing over him a little bit on the sideline. And Tyquan Thornton just comes over and is having none of it. Gives him a stiff arm, pushes him away. And uh, the Jets guy came in and gave him like a nice helmet bump after that, which I didn't I didn't have an issue with not throwing the flag on the hit on Mac there. It was close to out of bounds, but whatever. Like it's this 50-50. I don't think you, you can have a bad decision there. But then right. you do that and then are getting into it with the guy who's trying to defend the guy that you just hit. He's yeah. not doing anything but standing there. That I was a little bit, especially when you watch it back, it's like, I'm a little bit surprised that that didn't get a fly. I'm not upset that they didn't throw it, but I was surprised it didn't happen. Right. Um, yeah, especially while, with the, yeah. you know, especially with all their all their calling this year. It's, it, it is interesting to see. It's Sometimes weird. they just don't, you know? Yeah, and the, the, going back through the film, the refs, had, I think, had a really weird game. I think they missed calls in both ways. They had me going, wow, I can't I can't believe you didn't, you didn't see that one. Yeah. They had the strangest game ever in spotting stuff. That just yeah. the the spots of the ball. Marcus Jones's punt return. He gets tackled. Clearly gets tackled at the twenty five. I mean, it's it's not even close. He clearly gets tackled at the twenty five yard line. They started there at the twenty seven. And then was it the Devin uh, McCourty run back? Yeah, McCourty, the run that McCourty run back was was in a weird spot. Which I, believe... I, I was in the stadium. I haven't double checked it, but just from watching it, from being in the building, it was it felt like, oh, they started the Patriots 10 yards back from where McCourty went out of bounds. Yeah, it was just really it was really bizarre, just really bizarre. And uh, I think it was a bad punt by the Jets. I think that like oh, went out and they session. marked it at like the 35 or they marked it like the 45. Then they marked it at the 40. Then they marked it at the, like the 36. And it was like, what the hell? Like, what, yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah, it was just it was odd stuff. Odd yeah, stuff. it was bizarre. Yeah. yeah, I do. When I mentioned Taekwon Thornton in there, I just want to go into the Taekwon Thornton hype corner for a second. Because there's one play of his I really liked. And it looked exactly like what he did in college. He's really, really fast. But NFL defensive backs are fast enough to stick with him. What that always meant for him in college, though, is they'd give him space so that they could stay with him, which has also happened to him in the NFL. That means anything underneath is open as long as he can break it off quick enough. And there was a play where they, they start him inside, and he runs like he's running a fade. He gets like 15 yards down the field, 20 yards down the field, and then he stops and comes back. Uh, it's almost just a little comeback that Mac threw with the timing play. He was wide open on that i'd like to see a little bit more of that he got open on it all the time in college and yeah. i think he'll probably do the same in the nfl and it's one of those where you might like if you're looking for chunk plays if you can get 15 yards at a time from that or if that's a threat and now you have to have somebody underneath it it'll open up stuff elsewhere for the dump offs where Ramondre has been so good yeah exactly that's a good it's a good point and that's a, that's the one thing about him is that if they're going to put two guys on him because they're so worried about running deep, then you can you'll be able to run those things, and not just that, but by double covering him and taking that that deep pass away, you're going to open up room for other guys, right? And so it's just now it becomes who's going to be able to take that, you know, who's going to be able to go out and get open because Thornton's taking two guys, right? And yeah. so that's the and you talk about you know Myers running that route that doesn't happen because the pressure gets there, and you talk about you know. Uh, 
Hunter Henry had a few plays like that where like seemed like he might be open and, and they couldn't get him the ball. And so, you know, it, it just that's some of that stuff that you'll see. But I am happy to see it. And and again, Thornton is is a good, he's a good player, man. He's a good player. Yeah. And it's, I think it's like he, the stats will come. The stats will come for him because he's he's doing stuff. He had a drop. Yep. Other than that, I thought he had a, he, he had a really good game just spacing stuff. Yeah, I agree. And that's where that's where I think this next week too. The Colts, I think they played a lot of zone last year. I think they still do that. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Obviously, new coaching staff, but right, it's a, it's a defense that Mac had issues with last year. Now, this time you're at home. Hopefully, you the special teams shows up. Yep, and that Colts running game isn't able to take over like it was last time. Hopefully, now he can exercise some demons here. Go against the defense for the second time, but with some better weapons be able to see things a little bit better, recognize better. And that's where Tyquan Thornton can help you. If you're playing a lot of zone, he stretches stuff. If he's out there, people are playing their zones two or three yards deeper, five yards deeper, things like that, which means that's a little bit of extra room to run mm-hmm. for Janu or Ramondre underneath and able where they're able to make plays happen. And that, that really helps you. And just, if you're able to do that, you, you have to force less plays and that will help you in a million different ways you can do this at home, win the fans back, tear up a defense that has not right. been that good against the pass, yep. exercise some demons from last year, do it going into the bye. This is all the makings of the perfect confidence-building game for Mac Jones. You just have to actually make it happen. And the Colts yep. the Colts are good enough to ruin that parade. Absolutely. They play well. So yep. you got to actually execute. they got a good right. defensive line. Yeah, and so we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's going to be, you know, I, I again, I think – you kind of look at it and hope that the Patriots win. You just feel like they probably should win. But at the same time, you know, it's it's the NFL. The Colts beat the flipping Chiefs, for God's sake. So, like, you just don't know, right? And so I, I don't know. How, at any given Sunday, it's why they say it. These right. teams are. Yep, it's, it's true. It's true. So Every one of these teams is good enough to beat you if you have a bad day. And Patriots have had, quite frankly, the Patriots can't really afford to have any more bad days this year. Even when they, even if they're losing some of these games, you have to go out there and play really well. Yep, agreed, agreed. Um, Dark Gold's asking about uh, David Andrews. Was Andrews back at practice today? I feel like he was. Was he not? I believe so. I believe so. I'm pretty sure that. Um, hold yeah. on, I had I had a thing from Reese here. What the hell was it? Reese, hold on. Oh, Trey Nixon. My guy. Practice Come player on, of the week. brother. Trey Nixon, practice player of the week. David Andrews did not participate with a concussion. Um, so he might still be out this week. Um, yeah, but uh, this comes out on Friday. So by then, we'll yeah. see what happens. But, yeah, exactly. So McCourty yeah. got a day off. Parker didn't participate. Damian Harris didn't participate with an illness, it said, though. And Barmore is back, right? And Barmore is back today with limited participation. So we'll see if he plays or not, but but I hope he does. Right. So yeah. also my dad pointed out uh one other thing that was a holding penalty. I think it was on I think it was when they had the touchback, um, mm-hmm. which was a questionable touchback either way, but it doesn't matter. Uh where the Colts got the ball at the 20. No, the Patriots got the ball at the 20. I think the Patriots got the ball at the 20. And there was a holding call on the return. And then they started at the nine instead of at the ten. And it was just like, what? Like, why oh, are they starting no. at the nine instead of the ten? It was the, that was the Pierre Strong one, I think, 
where he was the gunner on it and he got he got himself out of position on the play. And I think they called that the penalty happened at I was actually rewatching this too because it was weird. Oh, so they were saying the, it happened at the nineteen or eighteen or it whatever? happened at the eighteen and it's half the distance from there. So it's okay, not so I even think holding where, is always holding it's not even I think from is, where they caught it. It's from holding not is even from where they it, holding I think is always from where they call it if it's not like defensive holding on a pass or whatever. I could be wrong on that, but that's... But you would think, though, like, it's not... If you're holding in the backfield, it's 10 yards from where the ball spotted, right? Right? I know in a running play, it's 10 yards from wherever... Yeah, but not behind the line of scrimmage. In front of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Either either way. Yeah. Uh, What did you say about Duggar's participation? Duggar's limited as well. So the only guys that missed were Andrews... uh, Andrews, Harris, Parker, yeah. and uh, Jesus Christ. I think it was just Andrews, Harris, and Parker, right? Isn't that what I said? McCourty had a – McCourty had a day off, right? That's what it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought Jabril Peppers had his best game as a Patriot on Sunday. 100%. I'll say that. And it was even more noticeable on the film. I did think he, he had a really bad uh, unnecessary roughness in there, hitting a guy out of bounds. But he was flying around the field making yeah. hits. He's a he really was awesome. hard hitter. And you know who else stood out in a good way was Dietrich Wise. The play after after the Mac Jones pick, the Jets get the ball. The Patriots force a three and out. And yep. the tackle on second down came, I think it was probably a half tackle from Wise. Uh, he, he helped the guy make a tackle on a jet sweep there or a screen or something. Right. Well, first, let me tell you, it was on Garrett Wilson. I would not want to be somebody Garrett Wilson size with Dietrich Wise coming at me full speed to make a tackle. It's <laughs> stationary, I will tell you that much. Yeah. And then the next play, Zach Wilson had a guy open, but Wise bats the ball down at the line of scrimmage and no momentum shift. You're able to stop a three and out after the pick. I thought that was probably one of the more one of the more important series of the game, being able to get that from Wise is big. Yeah, Mike Reese pointed that out too, that you know, Wise really saw an uptick in his in his stats and and had you know, arguably the best game of, of his season uh, on Sunday. So I was happy to see that Judon played well too. He didn't have a sack, but he was disruptive in the backfield as well. So you got to do that again against this, yeah. against a Colts offensive line that frankly just isn't that good. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, I, so I know we're going to wrap up here. Um, I just mm-hmm. want to pull this from dark blue gold because this is a really obscure thing that took me forever to realize. And uh, you might notice this. If there are more than, if it's before the two-minute warning in the first half or before five, five minutes, minutes to go yeah. in the second half, any play that goes out of bounds, it'll, the clock only stops until they respot the ball and move the chain. It's basically like the college, right. like getting a first down type of system on that, um, which I think kind of makes sense to just move the game along. But no, it's the, the clock does not like firmly stop when you go out of bounds until – less than two minutes left in the first half and less than five minutes left in the second half. Yeah. I will say, speaking of obscure, obscure rules, I hate the fact, I just absolutely hate the fact that you can tackle someone by their hair. Happen to Ramondre. Yeah. I just, I just, I don't know. It's the exact same thing as a horse collar. It's the exact yeah. same thing. Cause what you're trying to prevent is you're trying to prevent that snap back on the leg. And that's exactly what happens if you yank someone's hair. And as a matter of fact, the same thing happened with AJ Dillon. Was yeah, it AJ the, Dillon? Right? In so. the right. And it was just like, it's the same thing. I know it technically wasn't, 
But to pull someone down the way that Milano did, you could clearly see that that leg comes down. That's what they're trying to get rid of, right? And so, like, I just, I think it's time now to say, you know what? You can't tackle someone by the hair. Like, you just, you can't. I'm sorry, but you can't tackle someone by the hair. Now, if you let go, that's one thing. If you pull and yank, it's just like this shirt. If you grab the top of the jersey, and listen, if someone's hair goes down to, like, because all it has to be is the nameplate or above, right? Yeah. So if your hair goes down to your nameplate, if your hair comes down to like all the way down, like Brandon Schooler, okay, maybe you can tackle him by his hair. But like Ramondre's hair doesn't go much, doesn't go really, doesn't go past his his um his his nameplate. So like tackling him by his hair, it's the same thing as tackling him by the top of the nameplate, and it does the exact same thing. It looks the same way. So like yeah, that's hurt, something guys. that you know that someone's gonna get hurt, you know? Yeah, it's not not great. It's it's yeah, it's tough. I yeah. always feel it it looks incredibly painful. Even if there's no horse collar aspect to it, I can't imagine that feels good. I would imagine it hurts quite a bit. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah. You would think. So yeah. but uh anyways, all right, so that's what we got for that. Um uh, we're we are gonna wrap up. Um but we do have, you know, look, it's it's gonna be a good game. I think I really do think it's gonna be a good game. I think, you know, if I had to pick it, I don't know what what's the line? Is it like three and a half? Five and a half. Five and a half Patriots. I'd probably take the Patriots with I'd probably take the five and a half points. I just think that Indy's just not good enough. And the Patriots well, listen, it, doesn't mean the Patriots are gonna win, but they're a better team than the Colts. They should beat this Colts team by a by a touchdown. And I think this is one of those where it's probably dependent on which team, which Patriots team shows up. If the good Patriots team shows up, they're going to win uh probably by t- two touchdowns at least, or at least 10 points. And right. if it's the bad Patriots team, then they might lose. And you're not, you don't care yeah. about that spread. And I think too, like, you know, it's one of those things for me with Belichick where, I mean, look, Belichick's always, he's always the better coach, really, right? Yeah. But Frank Reich, like, is out about to get fired. He just fired his offensive coordinator because, like, the writing's on the wall. Like, it, time is up there in Indy. And I think that everyone knows that as well. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, we'll see. But I, I feel right. like I feel like time is up. And Nick Folk, you know, yeah. offensive uh special teams player of the week, had a great week and uh, you know, he's just unbelievable. Yeah. Can I I'm gonna add one last note being at yes. the game before we go to trivia time. The Jets had their all black uniforms, they had a whole theme in the stadium for it. And yeah. CJ Mosley came out um wearing the Bane mask from Batman. That's awesome. And they did like the the speech over the loudspeaker, which I thought was really, really cool. That looked that good. Is cool. I know I think they're wearing the black uniforms for some uh some night games later this season, so that'll probably be cooler then. Although it did come out the Jets are wearing white at home again this week. They are not going to wear their green jerseys this year until at least after Thanksgiving. why are they wearing white at home? Because I think the players like the black uniforms. I think I think the players want to wear either all white or all black and nothing else. Uh, so they're just not really doing anything. All right. And well, the there you go. Going all, it's all it's probably going to be all blue versus all white in that game. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, oh, one more thing. Trade deadline. <laughs> we forgot. Completely the show could be called deadline. One More Thing. I know. I know. We completely forgot about the trade deadline. Patriots didn't do, make any moves. They made zero moves. I, I'm not necessarily surprised they made zero moves. Like you mentioned, you know, with with Parker getting hurt, you don't know what what the wide receiver room looks like, so you don't really feel comfortable trading. I wouldn't feel comfortable trading Kendrick Bourne anyways, but you don't really feel comfortable trading Nelson Aguilar. I get it. 
Um, and somebody has to want Nelson Aguilar or Isaiah win at that price point. Yeah. And if you're getting, if you're only getting a seventh back for one of those guys, I mean, Isaiah wins still your second best tackle right now, given the way things are going. And right. Nelson Aguilar is a good depth player. Like yeah. he's, he, he can be a good, he can be a wide receiver three in this league. So if he's your wide receiver five, he's pretty good depth. You yeah. don't want to pay him that much, but I think you'd rather have him there with the injury concerns than as right. a guy who knows the offense than just get a seventh rounder. And, and you're paying it anyway, so it's not really. I mean, you're going to save some money, but you're not saving a significant amount of money. It just doesn't. No. It doesn't really it's, matter, you know. It's yeah, it's something. But they they have sixty one million dollars in cap space next year too, so they're not. Yeah, because yeah, that's coming off the books. He'll be win will be off the books. So, and you got to assume they'll draft an offensive lineman in the first round, which means that they'll probably draft like a cornerback in the first round or something. Who knows? You know, so another quarterback, maybe, maybe you never know. Draft, what's uh, Hendon Hooker, Tennessee? Oh baby, oh <laughs> baby, look out! So that's gonna be a heck of a game on Saturday. So that's gonna be good. that and LSU Bama. Oh man, those two games. Yep. So Ooh. that they both the afternoon slate, or is one of those the night game? Should know this. LSU is the seven o'clock game. Oh, okay. I don't know where the other one is. The other one, nah, the other one's definitely the afternoon game. I know it's definitely yeah. the afternoon game. Whew, I'm gonna have that on my phone all like when I'm out running errands on Saturday. That's gonna, gonna be peeking over. And I love at, it at, at the at the dinner table with my girlfriend's family. Just, <laughs> I mean, you know, just have it on your lap. It's fine. No big deal. Exactly. You know, so. So, all right. All right. That's it. We're actually done now. We're going to go to uh, to our final segment of the uh, of the day. And then that's it. Here we go. And now for something we think you'll really like. This week in sports history. All right. How many you got? You got one or two? I got one. You got one. So, so I'll go. I'll go first. Um, and I was going to go with. Uh, yeah, no. Okay. I'll go first. Uh, 1994. On this day, which is which is October, uh, November second, nineteen ninety four, the NFL announced the expansion: Carolina Panthers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They assigned them their conferences. I think it's just fun to hear. The Carolina Panthers were going to play in the NFC West, which makes no sense at all. But the Carolina Panthers were going to play in the NFC West, and the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to play in the AFC Central. Because that was before the realignment. So the AFC Central is just fantastic. I don't know why the Carolina Panthers were playing in the NFC West, but here we are. Weird stuff happened with those divisions in the yeah. 90s. The the 2 realignment of the NFL is probably one of the better things the NFL has done. Absolutely. Yep, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Mine, this will be, uh, be two years ago. Not, no, not two. What am I saying? Uh, 15 years ago. <laughs> the day you're listening to this it's in two days is what i was thinking there it is when okay. we're recording this 15 years ago the new england patriots defeated the indianapolis colts 24 to 20 to stay unbeaten at the rca dome Wes welker kevin falk catching the two touchdowns late in that one to right. give the pats the win come that back huge game. that is one of the most hyped regular season football games of all time that and the pats Cowboys game that year where they were yeah. both undefeated too. Both of those got a lot of hype. It's a great probably, point. That was a hell of a game. Yeah, up to this Bills Chiefs game a couple weeks ago, those are probably the most hyped games. That one got treated like a motion picture. Yes, for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, also on this day, I have I I really have two more. I'll just mention this one really quick. To 2014, October second, 2014, uh, Patriots played Denver at home. 
Um, and that was the game that they brought out. <laughs> they they honored all of the Patriots who were undefeated against Peyton Manning in their career uh, at uh, and at halftime. It was great. So, and they killed them. They won like I, don't, I think they scored twenty four points in the um, in the uh, second in the second quarter, and it just absolutely crushed them. So, uh, oh, we got one from Dark Blue Gold. On this day in 2008, British F1 driver Lewis Hamilton won his first championship on the last corner of the last race of the year before going on to be one of the most successful drivers of all time. Look at that. While last talking, corner of the last race. While we're talking, last corner of her that race. That was outrageous. That's oh the craziest goodness. thing I've ever seen. That Ross Chastain, is that who that was? I have last no idea. weekend in NASCAR. I'm not a huge NASCAR guy. I went to a couple of races when I was a kid. That's about it. But let me tell you, that is the... I, my TikTok has just been videos of that and reactions and interviews all about that all week long. So if you if you somehow were under a rock and missed it uh, at the the last race, and I think it was to qualify for the playoffs, I believe it was. To, I think to qualify for the championship race for the championship race. Okay, so to qualify yeah. for the championship race, this guy, uh, what did you say his last name? His name was Ross I Chastain. I think Ross Chastain. Name. There you go. That sounds like a sounds like a race car driver. Yeah. Uh, he just said, "F it." And <laughs> ran his car against the wall and just floored it. And so the reason why he does this is because you don't have to slow down to take the turn because you're just going as fast as you can and you're using um the wall. you're using the the centrifugal force basically to be able to just go, right? Yep. And, and so he the, just accelerates it's a short track it. too. So it's the really narrow turn. So everybody else comes in and breaks slow to get through this turn. And he just, it's like what you do in a video game, just speeds around the outside. Who cares yeah. what happens to the car? Right. He ended up beating out the car he needed to beat out by that much. Like he right. barely got in there. Yeah, it was crazy. If you get a, a dark, chance, watch any videos. Watch any of the videos that have the like the dash cams and the radios of the cars around him and their reactions. Because it's just, you just watch him and you hear them go, what was that? it's crazy so dark blue gold is complaining that it's it's an absolute embarrassment and blah 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 and you know what you know what it was fun and that's all that matters okay it was fun yeah uh, i was, I was gonna right. wish your dad a happy birthday there dark blue gold but not after that comment <laughs> <laughs> we're just kidding happy happy birthday to dark blue gold dad mr dark blue gold as it were um all right one more october 2nd 1997 eric metcalf of the San Diego Superchargers returns punts for touchdowns of 85 and 67 yards in the 38 to 31 loss at Cincinnati. Of course, the Chargers had an unbelievable thing and lost anyways. Uh, all two players of all time. Jack Christensen's the only other player that's ever had a punt return for touchdown, uh, two punt returns for touchdowns in the same game. Oh, and this is why I was thinking of the 2014 game because that was the game that Edelman had that long punt return and Brady came off the bench and was celebrating the end zone with him. We have that great clip of Edwin being like, were you in the end zone celebrating with me? So and you got, and you got your love playing in the, in the background yes. of the clip. Yep. Yep. So good. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so that was, so that was that. And that was in the second quarter. That was, they scored 24. Like I said, they scored 24 to nothing. They outscored uh, the, the Broncos in the, tw- in the fourth quarter, second quarter. I'm sorry. And just blew them up. Such out. a great game. Yeah. Yep. That team so, was wagon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, if so, only this team could figure out the offensive line issues the way the 2014 team did. Well, and that's one of those things. It's funny because 2014, it's like they drafted Brian Stork in the fourth or fifth round, and he played great that year, and then he sucked the rest of his career, but he played great that year. Um, and they just figured it out 
for that one year. And of course, you had Dante Scarnecchia, so it makes a little bit makes a little bit more different. Uh, makes a little bit different there. So yeah. and um, maybe it wasn't the Brady or the Bill dynasty. Maybe it's the Scarnecchia dynasty. We've been wrong this whole time. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) hey, listen, I mean, Dante Scarnacchio when he was here, man, you know, so but uh, but that's funny, you know, so. So anyways, I still can't believe that the Carolina Panthers, I read that and then I didn't actually do any research. So I hope that that's true. But the Carolina Panthers in the freaking NFC West, that's that's not the stupidest thing ever. I mean, that's just so dumb. But anyways, um, so anyways, that's what we got. That's our show. Uh, we were all over the place today, yeah, but you know, a fun one. we had fun. We had fun. Yeah. I hope just you like, guys had fun listening. It's just like, you know, hitting the, hitting the curve and, and, you know, and not having to decelerate to go around the curve because we're, we're riding the wall. It may not be good. We may not like it, but it was fun. So what the hell? Got the you know? job done. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right, guys, we'll have yourself a great week. And, uh, and I will be talking to you with Barrett. By the way, I think Barrett, we're going to keep Barrett on, uh, the, the, instant reaction um podcast after the games and so the next two games he'll be with just you matt because i'll be at the patriots games and then when it's an away game provided you're not there again uh it'll be the three of us so i'm not traveling to minnesota i'll tell you that much (laughs) on thanksgiving you don't want to go on thanksgiving (laughs) so but uh there you go shack shane Shane. there you go yeah dark blue gold's been just throwing shack whatever in the chat (laughs) Love love it I love it. All right, guys. Have a great night, and uh, and we'll talk to you on Sunday after the game. Go Pats.